0: You're listening to Yo Quiero Dinero, a personal finance podcast for the modern Latina. I'm your host, Janice Torres Rodriguez, personal finance expert, speaker, writer, and business coach. I teach women of color how to build wealth and gain financial independence through side hustles and investing. On this show, we're serving up POC-friendly personal finance knowledge, always with a side of sass. We're talking about how to make the nettle, how to keep it, and how to make it grow. If you're ready to become poderosa with your dinero, you've come to the right place. Hola, mi gente. Welcome back to another episode of Yo Quiero Dinero, the podcast. This is your host, Janice. And today I'm surprising you with another bonus episode. So we recently just hit 4,000 followers on Instagram. And so in honor of that, I'm going to be releasing four bonus episodes on Thursdays for the next four weeks. So I'm super excited. I hope you guys will be loving the fact that you get two episodes a week for the next four weeks. Um, I'm really excited about it. And we just have so many amazing guests lined up for you that I decided, you know what, we need to have more episodes because there's just so many amazing people that you need to know about. And we're going to be talking to one of those amazing people in today's episode. So Valerie Vargas is a 28-year-old Latina, a first-generation immigrant, a board game enthusiast, a bookworm, and an entrepreneur. She graduated from Rutgers University in New Jersey with a bachelor's in psychology, and she's the owner and creator of the Dainty Dollar, a money coaching service that empowers women and millennials to pay off thousands in debt, organize their finances, and build wealth to fearlessly pursue their dreams. Valerie is a DACA recipient and shares her experience of being an immigrant trying to manifest the American dream. You can follow Valerie on Instagram at The Dainty Dollar and check out her blog and money coaching service website at daintydollar.com. Let's get into this convo with Valerie of The Dainty Dollar. Valerie, thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me, Janice. Absolutely. I'm so excited to talk to you because, well, for several reasons. First, you're a Latina that's doing amazing things in personal finance, and you're actually, we have a lot in common because we run side hustles while working full time, and I'm sure you don't sleep because I don't. Uh, wow. So, we're going to get into how you balance that um, your nine to five with the personal stuff that you're working on, and also you're paying off debt. You paid off over $33,000 in 18 months, and we're going to get into all of that. So, I mean, I'm just super excited for this conversation. Oh, Thank you. Me too. All right. So let's get into first. Why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself to the audience?
1: Okay. So my name is Valerie. I'm a 20-year-old Latina. I'm a first-generation immigrant, a board game enthusiast, bookworm, and an entrepreneur. Um, I graduated from Rutgers University with my bachelor's in psychology, and now I'm a money coach that empowers women and millennials to pay off thousands in debt, organize their finances, to build wealth,
0: and fearlessly pursue their dreams. Amazing. Okay. So what was your relationship like with money growing up? How did you learn about it? What did you see in your household? What are some do's and don'ts that you learned about money growing up?
1: Okay. So growing up, Um, when I was very small and I was, when I was very young, my, my dad used to make, you know, very good money. So what I learned when I was growing up is that whatever, you know, I wanted, we can have, and that easily, I mean, that honestly changed in like a year when we had, we were living um, in our home countries and we moved to the United States. We first went to go live in California, which is a very, you know, high cost of living area. So we went from, you know, treat yourself mentality to, you know, scarcity mode and survival mode there, you know, we're living paycheck to paycheck. So I went from, you know, thinking one way, like money's easy, we can buy whatever we want to thinking there's never enough. Like Mm. sometimes we didn't even have enough for the essentials and it, it changed a little bit more once my parents got divorced and it really turned into like just survival mode.
0: Yeah. So you were actually born in Peru and then you came to the U.S.?
1: So my, both of my parents are Peruvian and my mom was actually backpacking in Guatemala and my dad was, he plays uh, soccer professionally. So he was in Guatemala and I was born there, but my entire family is Peruvian. Wow. That's awesome.
0: Yeah. All right. So you have paid off a substantial amount of debt, but I'm curious, like what your initial debt situation looked like before you decided, like, I don't want to live like this anymore. And how did you actually rack up that debt?
1: So a lot of my debt was from my school. So um, originally, I I felt like I was spending a lot of money, but then when I really look back and like in retrospect, I realized that a lot of my money was going, you know, to helping out in the household. So I was helping out, you know, to pay the rent, use some utilities. I was paying for my school, so I had um, what was it like a monthly payment plan that I had to pay towards my tuition, Mm -hmm. and I had some debt in the beginning, right? So from 2014 to 2020, a total. That that I racked up was about eighty five thousand dollars, but that includes my husband's debt as well. Okay. And um, in the very beginning, um, I owed about twenty thousand to school, and then a few years after that, when I got my car, thirty thousand was added on there. That was a huge mistake that I'll, I'll touch on a little bit later. Mm-hmm. Um, the house renovation because we're house hacking, so we bought a multifamily home and we racked up a little bit more debt. There was some credit card debt that I had in the very beginning, just from, you know, I had I had to pay so much in the household that whatever was, you know, miscellaneous spending or for my books had to go on credit cards. And there's also immigration fees, right? So a lot of that went on credit cards. And then um, once we joined finances, my husband's debt came along with me. So in the very beginning, I wasn't really spending, you know, going crazy spending. Um, I was more trying to survive with like very little income and I had a lot of money going out.
0: Hmm. What does immigration fees look like? Because I'm somebody that was born here, so I don't know. And we're Puerto Rican, so we, you know, we don't have to deal with that, which I think is a huge blessing. But it, like, makes me realize, like, getting into this country is not for um, the, it's not cheap. No, it's definitely
1: not. So um, I'm currently going through two different processes. One is um, uh, being a DACA recipient. So DACA stands for uh, Deferred Actions Against Childhood Arrivals. Mm-hmm. So that means if you were brought here illegally by your parents when you were underage, obviously you didn't know that you were breaking a law. So right. um, at the time, you know, I didn't know anything. So we were granted deferred action against deportation on a two-year increment level, right? So every two years I have to renew that status. And that also gave me a work permit. So I'm able to work legally. You know, I have a social security number. I'm able to, you know, open credit cards, get my license, legally work as a W-2 employee. Mm. So every two years I have to pay $495. And there's oh my like, God. yeah, every two years uh, you pay that. But there's hidden costs too, right? Because every two years you have to have certain documents. So there's certain documents I have to get from Guatemala because I have no family there. I have to hire, um, basically I have to give somebody a power of attorney and pay mm. them to get updated documents for me because they need to be valid as of the last six months. And then um, I'm also, you know, I've been married for a while. So I'm going through the process of getting my green card. And, um, I'm, I've actually, to date, I've probably paid about $11,000 in the last two years. Oh my and there's God. <laughs> yeah, it's attorney fees, you know, there's so many little things that rack up. Um, and they, and the next, actually in the next few months, I have to pay another $5,000 because the process is moving. So I want to make, you know, I'm just, that's to the lawyer. I just want to make sure like during this time, especially I do have some legal representation and, um, it- as well as you know, me renewing my DACA status, so I renew. I have to renew that in a few months, so that's another four ninety five.
0: Oh my god! Yeah, I had no idea that it costs so much to just be in this fucking country. Well, you don't have to go that route. You can pay everything yourself, but
1: if something like you can, it probably cost maybe like five grand if you were doing everything yourself. But I think at this point, you really need an attorney, especially because there's you know deportations. You can
0: get stopped for
1: anything and literally get deported.
0: Oh my God. So not only are you like killing it on a personal level, like you have this career, but you're also dealing with the shitty ass immigration system of this country, which is just mind boggling to me. So kudos to you, girlfriend, because that sounds like a very stressful ass situation that I think a lot of us cannot relate to. And it's important to, to just highlight that. So, wow. It
1: truly has been stressful, but I've tried to like put together all the tools to make it as like as least stressful as possible.
0: Yeah. Okay. So I'm curious what actually motivated you to say, I need to start tackling this debt because this is just not working for me anymore.
1: So before I even got into debt, um, one of the things that really got me, I mean, I already have some debt cause of school, right. But what mm-hmm. really got me fired up is I was reading a little bit. I, I used to go to Barnes and Noble, you know, like a few times a month and I would, I would be in like different sections, but then I specifically started going to like the personal finance business section. Mm-hmm. And I picked up the book. The first one I read was Suze Orman's young, broken fabulous. And she talks about, you know, Roth IRAs, you know, she like, it's an introduction book to like a lot of financial things. And mm-hmm. one of them was compound interest. So, i went online i went to a calculator and i plugged in all these numbers and it blew my mind i did not know that i think at the time i think i was 23 years old when i first did it i'm 20 years old now and i plugged in the numbers i think it was 30 years if i i don't remember how much i put that i was contributing at that time and it turned out that by you know when i was 65 i would have a million you know i think 77 dollars for mm-hmm. something like that. If I contributed for thirty years with like an, an average annual return of like six to eight percent, and all I had to contribute was about two hundred and seventy thousand dollars, and I was like, oh my god! Not only like can money work for me, but like I don't have to exchange my time for money anymore. So that's mm-hmm. when the new ideas spawned, right? I yeah. knew what compound interest was, so I said I knew like I knew I had to figure out what investments can work for me. And I knew that I didn't have to like exchange my time anymore. Cause I sat down, you know, before this, and I was like, if I save this much every month, I will have this much by the year, but I can never understand how people became millionaires or really like saved up so much money. Cause I just, you know, I was thinking of simple interest and I was like, you know, I had a bank of America savings account earning zero zero point one interest. I was like, how do people do it? I just didn't get it. And when I saw that I understood and I knew that
0: it was a lot to learn. Yeah. So are there any additional requirements for opening an investment account if you don't have a social security number? Um, I When I tried
1: um, opening an account at that time, I believe I opened one when I was, I think when I was like 19 years old, mm-hmm. and I believe I was able to open it with my 10 number. Okay. I don't know how that works now, but now that yeah. I have a social security number, all my accounts have that number. Okay.
0: All right. So what like what are your actual strategies for tackling this debt? What was your game plan? How much have you paid off and what strategies have you used?
1: So as of this year, I have paid off. Me and my husband have paid off seventy six thousand dollars.
0: And wow.
1: so, yeah, that's together. Right? That's a lot of work. And majority. So thirty eight thousand of that has been paid off in the last 18 months. Um, when I first started my own personal debt free journey, I first listed out all of my debts. I included the names of the debts, the interest, the monthly payments, the original amount and the current amount, because I wanted to see how far I came from, you know, the original amount. And then I listed them out in order from smallest to largest amounts, because I was going to be using the snowball method, which just focuses on, you know, smallest to largest for the Mm -hmm. psychological wins. And that's really how I got started. And I did the same thing for him. So we we're both doing our debt-free journey separately in the beginning.
0: And so how much time did it take you guys to pay off that $76,000?
1: Well, currently, as of today, we owe about $9,000. $9, so we're not done yet, but we're scheduled mm-hmm. to be debt-free um, on August 28th of this year.
0: And when did you start your, your debt payoff journey?
1: So we started, I, I started my journey back in 2016. 2017, I paid off all my student loan debt, which was to a person, not to an institution. Oh, how's that work? So (laughs) this is a funny story. (laughs) So when I started going to school, this is before DACA, right? So I couldn't qualify for any, there was limited scholarships. Um, I didn't qualify for a FAFSA and um, I couldn't get any. You know, I was dying to get a Sally Mae, like a, a student loan. I know people are dying to get rid of them. I was dying to get one. <laughs> <laughs> and I couldn't qualify for that. I tried to get a private loan too, didn't qualify. I didn't have a social security number. I tried getting a, a co signer, it still didn't work. And as DACA, I, uh, a year later, I did get DACA and I still wasn't able to qualify for this because when I first got my social security number, it was like I was just born. Mm. So I didn't have any credit. Um. So um, Mr. Dainty Dollar, which is my husband, he <laughs> saw how hard I was working. He's like, I've never seen anyone want to go to school as much as you do. And he was he's always been naturally good at saving money. Just, you know, he never had a lot of debt. It was this car and like a little bit of credit card debt. And he had some money saved up. And he was like, I'm literally going to pay for your school and you can pay me back. Oh, my gosh. He gave me in the beginning. I couldn't, you know, I couldn't handle that payment plan in the beginning because I had no money to save. So he's like, I'm going to pay for your first year of school and um he literally just gave me the cash and I paid for the school and honestly I'm so blessed and it's something I'm so thankful that he did because it really changed my life and then he said you're my investment strategy I'm not investing in the stock market. I'm investing in you oh and my god every time I talk about that story it makes me a little bit emotional because at, till this day he's my biggest cheerleader any crazy idea I have he's like 100% for it how long have you guys been together Um, I've known him since I was 15 years old, but we started dating when I was, I was 20 years old. I'm 28 now. So, um, we've been together for about eight years. Mm -hmm. Um, we got, we got married in 2017 and,
0: um, yeah, we've been together for a long time. That's amazing. You got yourself a keeper girlfriend. Kudos (laughs) to you. you. amazing. Thank (laughs) you. All right. So I'm curious because we all face setbacks during our debt payoff journey. So what are some that you faced, and how have you been able to manage them?
1: Um, So at the time, um, so in 2018, we were living with some family and um, we also started paying off debt that year. Right. So in November 2018 is when we started, we both like aggressively were going to pay off our debts to get rid of everything because we really wanted to purchase a home. We had already started saving for a home. Mm-hmm. and um november and december we got you know bonuses and some overtime so we really like hit our debt hard i think we paid seven thousand in just two months so we had a nice you know boost toward debt free journey but in january you know there was some toxic behavior that i really didn't want to be around it wasn't uh, you know severe at that time but it was mentally affected me i just didn't feel good so i said you know what i want to expedite this we were looking at homes like like, I don't know how many homes. I think we looked at, like, over 50 homes in, like, a month, honestly. I was going crazy. I was looking all over. Mm-hmm. And my realtor finally found a home in around February. And, you know, we, we signed the contract. We did all that. So we paused our, our debt-free journey. And we said, you know, I think as of January, we paused it. And we went full blown to just saving for the house. So um, in the beginning of January, we had approximately thirty k saved up. And...
0: Um, and- is that January of this year or last year? January of
1: last year, 2019. Okay. So we had about 30K and then we stopped everything. Like we literally didn't go out to eat. Like we were just eating whatever was in the pantry. We went like extreme. We put every dollar towards our, our house fund. And around the end of April, we had about $50,000 saved up just for our down payment. And- Um, we, we kind of just, you know, that wasn't necessarily a step back, but we pivoted, you know, we didn't necessarily want to just focus on that because life happens and we had to make a change because I, you know, I wasn't mentally feeling good and it wasn't going to be
0: a healthy situation for our relationship or even ourselves to grow as people. Yeah. I think that's super important advice, you know, like things happen and it's okay if your original plan has to change because at the end of the day, like your mental health and your everyday like living situation took precedence, right? And so you made the decisions that aligned with um, you know, making sure that you are in a place that is going to not be stressful. So, Absolutely. that's great advice. All right. So, um you have a goal now to finish paying off that debt. So, it's about what $9,000 that's left. Yeah, it's um what is the exact amount? Let
1: me see. I just paid off some debt this morning. Oh, awesome. <laughs> we have $9,353 left of debt. So, what's your goal for the payoff for that? Do you have a timeline on it? Um, So, our goal is to pay everything off by August 28th. You know, mm-hmm. we actually did modify our plan again just in March because of COVID. You know, we were yeah. a little unsure about job security. So, we started putting a little bit more towards our emergency fund. We probably could have paid this off this month. I wanted to pay it off before my, my 29th birthday. My golden birthday is June 29th. Mm. But we didn't get there. We focused more on like, you know, security. So
0: now we're, we're back to paying it off August twenty eighth. Awesome. Oh, that's going to be such a good celebration. I'm sure. I'm so, excited. <laughs> so for anybody who is ready to get in control of their finances, but doesn't know where to start, what advice would you share with them?
1: Um, I think the first thing I would tell them is to really focus and understand their why. Like why do they even want to get control of their finances? And this may seem a little bit obvious, but it really I don't it really is important to understand it because when your personal finance journey gets hard, whether you're paying off debt or just saving money, it's gonna get hard sometimes. You know, like after like when I was paying off debt, I, I almost like fell off the wagon.
0: Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online store shop phase to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million order stage? Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com dinero, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com dinero now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com dinero.
1: I can a few times because I was like, oh my God, it's going to take me forever to pay off all this money. I just want to like go out to eat and have fun again. i want to be normal again. And then I realized like my why. You know, I wanted I wanted the financial freedom, and I don't want to depend on anybody. You know, I don't want to have a cap on my on my own income. So that was my why, and understanding it is what really helped me stay on the course and really be focused to paying that off, and just staying on the journey that is important to
0: me. That's super super useful advice. Okay, so now on top of everything you're accomplishing, and all of the goals that you are just killing right now. You also decided to start a side hustle as a money coach. So can you talk about A, what inspired you to do that? And B, how do you actually manage that with also having a nine to five? Because I think a lot of people want to start a side hustle, but they might be overwhelmed at the thought of just like having this additional work that they now have to do outside of their working hours.
1: So when I first started Dainty Dollar, Dainty Dollar didn't exist, right? So I was already coaching my friends on money, and I think a lot of money coaches start this way because of your, you know, you're working on your own um, personal finance journey. You become well versed with a lot of things, and people start seeing you change and like your habits change, how much you're paying off. People get inspired. So I was talking, I was helping a lot of my friends, like you know, just list out their debts, creating budgets. I was helping my family, and it, I realized it was something I really liked. Every time I did it, it didn't feel like work. It felt, you know, amazing to help them and see a change. I originally aspired to be a psychologist, but then after working in the real estate field for a few years, I've been working in that field for about almost six years now. I really saw more of, like, the financial end of it. So I merged those two together, and I really found a love for that. You know, I didn't know money coaching was a thing. And um, before even, like, before I even, like, manifested the idea of becoming a money coach, I, like, I was the um, (laughs) self-proclaimed... side hustle queen because before (laughs) I had a work permit I had to make it work you know I was doing professionally organizing I was you know designing websites I was doing whatever I could do to make money you know as a 1099 you know whatever type of income you know um I was walking dogs so when I when I saw the money coaching business and I realized like hey you know this is a thing and it's working out um last year is when I created my LLC and I really, I really like made it a more professional business. You know, I created the website, I started getting more clients, there was clients I already had, but I didn't know exactly what we were doing. So then I did start charging them. And I also did some business coaching as well. So I do have um, some clients from um, 2016 and 17. that have been with me ever since then. And um, we have a call every month, we do some business coaching. So it's i think my business in overall has evolved and it really just started from me helping my family and
0: friends that's awesome i think that's so yeah you're right that that's how a lot of people kind of start their side hustle they they start learning about a topic or they start doing something that people notice and then they start monetizing it so one um thing that i want to ask you because i get this question a lot as somebody who is married as well you know building a business while also working full time can be kind of stressful on a relationship, right? Because you're like taking time away from being together and whatnot. So how do you balance your, you know, ambitions from a uh, business perspective with also making sure that you're nourishing your relationship?
1: Honestly, this is something I've been struggling with, but Mm -hmm. I know the habits are there. It's just been harder for me to implement them because when I'm in the zone, I kind of forget everything and I just want to do what I want to do. Mm -hmm. But I've, Resorted to getting additional help. So this year, um, I hired a virtual assistant full time. But even before then, I knew that I had to really organize my time. So I, you know, created different slots of time. So I told myself, you know, from nine to five is my job. And my job sometimes requires a little bit more time. So sometimes it was even from nine to seven. And then afterwards, I tried to spend an hour just finishing up, you know, any items that I needed throughout the day for my clients and, you know, operational stuff for Dainty Dollar. And then afterwards, I would spend time with my husband, you know, cook dinner. Um, and, you know, just sit on the couch and watch TV. And afterwards, after he went to bed, I would stay awake. So he's he likes to go to bed <laughs> early. He goes to bed at like 1030. I stay up to like 2 a.m. And I have like, oh my I'm like raccoon eyes for now because of what I'm doing. But um, I stay up later and I work on, you know, content creation, um, finishing some client forms that I need, just reviewing stuff and planning my schedule ahead of time. So Sundays is key for me to plan out my whole week. Mm -hmm. And now that I have a VA, I can give, you know, some content creation, um, you know, some administrative tasks to them. So I do have more time. So now I'm really focused on just spending the nine to five at work, like being as efficient as possible during that time. Um, I meal prep with my husband so I have a lot of food ready so I don't have to spend you know time cooking dinner so I spend a lot of my time just hanging out with him Mm -hmm. and sometimes I try to incorporate him in what I'm doing so I share with him like you know this is what I'm working on what do you think or um, you know he helps me create some content so we're spending time together and and I'm also working towards the goal of you know you know um, improving my business and growing my business
0: That's excellent advice. And I can totally relate. I just hired a VA. I don't know what I was waiting for because trying to do all this stuff alone, it's wild.
1: You know, you can't do it. I just recently read a book by Rachel Hollis. I just found out who she was uh, last month, actually. I never heard of her before. I don't know why. And she says like, you know, people have, you know, even celebrities have, you know, these beautiful lives. And then she's like, I have, you know, you could see my spreads and everything looks beautiful. She's like, but I have a nanny. I'm a right. house cleaner. I have like all these things and I'm like, "Wow, like she's right. Like you cannot do it alone. It it's takes true. a village to grow a business as well."
0: It does, and you'd have to be okay with outsourcing things that just are not bringing your value to your time. So, 100%. one of the things that I do, like I started having my sister, she loves cleaning. So, I'm like, "I will pay you to clean my house because honestly, I don't have time to do this and I'm helping her and she's helping me and it's just like you got to be okay with just letting certain things go. I, don't I love have to that. do everything.
1: <laughs> I thought that's definitely something on that list that I want to outsource. Everything that I don't like, I want to outsource.
0: Yes. I started outsourcing laundry. I started outsourcing yes. cutting the grass. Like it, yeah, it really does awesome. add value to your time. Yeah. You want to be working
1: on the things that create value and the things that you love doing. Yes. Absolutely. So I'm curious do you have a money mantra? I, I just got a money mantra this year. Actually, I didn't have one before. And mm-hmm. I have two um, top ones that I love. One is money is an unlimited resource that's always flowing my way. Ooh, and I love that. the second one is I share my wealth because money flows to me easily, frequently and abundantly.
0: Yes, I love that. Oh my gosh. And I think that just speaks to the power of building wealth, man. It's all about sharing. It's all about being able to impact things with your money, right? Whether it's your, you know, your family, your community, the world, there is power in being able to generate wealth that you can then spread to other people. You know, absolutely, because you know,
1: even like while I'm paying off my debt-free journey now, like I knew giving I mean building wealth was so important to me because I wanted to give. I want to be generous with my money. And even like while I'm still paying off the debt now, I realized that a lot of DACA recipients were suffering. A lot of them couldn't pay, you know, because they're, a lot of their parents can't work now because of COVID. Mm. Um, I saw struggles like firsthand. So I said, I want to help out my community. And I started this like, I don't know, it was like half-hazard like fund. I didn't know how to properly set it up, but I still got it <laughs> to work. And um, I, um, I paid, I sponsored last week, the first DACA recipient. So I paid for the renewal fees. And oh, wow. Judy from here, Me finance actually matched that donation. So we're going to be able to sponsor another DACA recipient this week.
0: Oh, my gosh, that's amazing. So how yeah. can people get involved if they also want to participate?
1: Um, so I have a link on my website. Um, you can find it under wwwdain 2 DACA renewal. And you can apply there if you're a DACA
0: recipient, or you can also donate if you're interested in helping the cause. That is amazing. See, this is what I'm talking about. Using your money for the good of humanity. Like this is awesome. Yeah, that's definitely my number one goal right now. I love it. Okay, so I'm curious, what can clients who come to you as a money coach expect um, and what do you help them work through as a money coach?
1: Um, So I really so when I work with clients, I work with them. According to what their needs are and where they are in their journey. So, I don't have like this template or like a plan that, you know, a mold that fits everybody.
0: Mm-hmm. I,
1: I, I'll i talk to the client and really listen to what their needs are, what their goals are. And um, I help them implement a, a custom plan that fits them, the personality. You know, some people are what, you know, can do better with an avalanche method. I personally can't, but I've seen clients do that. So, I really make sure it's a custom plan, whether, you know, I've helped. I helped um, recent graduates pay off their debt. So there was um, a client that I had. Um, As soon as she graduated from her undergrad, she came to me and she said, I don't know what to do with my money. This is how much debt I have. She was very aggressive. She's like, I want my debt gone. And we talked about, you know, different side hustles that she could do. And she, we gave, I gave her a time, a time span. It was about eight months. She only had $13,000 of student loan debt. I know usually people have, you know, a, a few thousand more. And um, her plan was so aggressive. And she actually paid it off three months later, three months after she graduated. Wow. And she did all the side hustle. She was Ubering. She went crazy, this girl. (laughs) I was so impressed.
0: But you were able to give her the support that she needed that she maybe wouldn't have been able to accomplish without having somebody to hold her accountable and give her an actionable plan, right? Yeah, like that's the point of a money coach.
1: Yeah, so we did um, a three month coaching plan. And, um, you know, we got her budget in line. We I, we talked a lot about side hustles. I gave her different ideas. You know, she was doing a little bit of online, like VA. She became a VA. She was dog walking. She, um, what else did she do? Um, she was doing Uber, Lyft. She was, and then she was working a full time job as well. So she was doing it all. And um, after that time, we did a three month coaching program, but her plan was for longer than three months. She just did it at that time. And I was her accountability partner the whole time. That's she awesome. a
0: crazy. Idea. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly
1: Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Yeah, you know, she would text me and I was like, this is great, go for it. You know, there were some ideas, you know, she's like, I think I should do this. And I said... You can do that, but I think, you know, you can generate money in other ways that you don't have to spend so much time. So I even like told her, like, you could probably do VA more and not do Uber as much because, you know, like you're taking your car, you know, you're putting your car through like more mileage, mm-hmm. whereas VA, you're not necessarily going anywhere, you know, you're right, right there and you can generate more money through that.
0: That's awesome. Yeah, I love to think of a money coach as a personal trainer. They help you get uh, control and get a plan together to accomplish what you actually want to accomplish with your money. So if you feel like you're not the type of person that can just be like directed by books and things that you read online and you can't really implement plans on your own and you want that additional support, a money coach is definitely the way to go.
1: Yeah. And um, even like a personal trainer, a money coach, they help a lot with the mindset, right? Because money, money is not just math. Money is 100% emotions in my personal mm. opinion. Yes. So breaking, one of the things I do a lot too, in the very beginning of my sessions with my clients, I first discussed mindset and we really break through those like limiting beliefs and any negative thoughts that they had. We talk about their relationship with money as they were growing up what their money habits are now to really get that out of the way in the beginning, but then to really start, you know, tackling and being more hands-on with their budget and money.
0: Yeah. That's so important. Do you mind sharing any kind of uh, mindset work that you've personally done to be able to be in a place that has a healthy relationship with money?
1: So something I struggled with a lot was that money is a limited resource because growing up when we were financially struggling, you know, it always felt like, you know, this is as much as we're gonna have, or like making money is hard. Mm-hmm. Um you know, my parents, when they first came here, they didn't speak English. You know, they didn't have the right paperwork at that time, so they couldn't, you know get you know decent jobs that paid you know a living wage. So um that that mindset was kind of engraved in me, and i had to, I really struggled to kind of shake that off. And um, you know, I read a lot of books. i I implemented the mantras. And then I started challenging my beliefs. I was like, why do I feel like this? Like, why do I mm-hmm. think it's a limited resource? And I really started asking myself, I, I began journaling. Um, I journaled, you know, I became a gratitude journal because sometimes you focus on like, just like what what's happening now, but you don't see how far you come, right? So yeah. in my journal, I really dove into those thoughts and I said, okay, why do I think money is a limited resource? When, you know, a few years ago, I could even have a job. Now I've come this far. Now I've come this far and um it really showed me how much i progressed and i'm like you know money is not limited and i'm like the living proof of it like you can make more money like money is an unlimited resource and that's why Mm -hmm. i implemented that mantra and um i also started journaling in the future to kind of you know manifest things so i i like writing like a few years from now like you know i i write things like you know my two children are so healthy and my husband is my best friend we're you know we're having a great time, um, being $2, making consistent, you know, 20K months. Mm -hmm. And every day I just write, you know, like a passage into the future. I write a gratitude journal. And then I I, um, talk about what I'm feeling at that time.
0: I love that. I don't think I've ever heard of like journaling into the future, but it makes so much sense, right? And it's like embracing the concept of manifestation where what you concentrate on, becomes reality so i love yeah. that That's, i think i'm gonna have You're to start doing that out. too
1: <laughs> i love that you should totally implement that
0: yes all right so valerie i have loved this conversation with you and so for anybody that wants to follow you where can we fo- find out more about you and follow your journey
1: thank you you can find my journey my personal journey on my instagram at the dainty dollar and you can also v- visit my website www.daintydollar.com. I have a lot of freebies on there. You can also find ways to work with me. and I have some uh, blogs there that talk a little bit uh, that give you more details about my journey.
0: And I also uh, have a Twitter account at Dainty Dollar. One more bonus question. So what's the first thing you're gonna do once you're debt free? <sighs> I don't know honestly. <laughs> It's like we can't do much right now. We can't. It's not like you got to plan like some spectacular trip somewhere cuz you don't know, you know, COVID.
1: The first thing I'm going to do when I become debt-free is I'm going to max out my Roth IRA. Me and my husband. Yes.
0: <laughs> that is a really really good plan. And I am so excited to celebrate that milestone with you. I'll be looking out for you on Instagram cuz I know you'll be announcing um once that has actually been accomplished. And I just thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me and, and creating this platform, honestly. And you're
1: giving the Latinx community a voice. And I love listening to his podcast, you know, the last year, mostly when I, you know, I found this podcast. I love all the amazing stories and I've been learning so much. So
0: thank you for having me on. It's truly an honor. I hope you guys love this episode. I think Valerie is so inspiring she is hashtag goals for sure. I just love that she's normalizing the fact that if you want to build a side hustle while you're working full time, yeah, it's going to take some time, right? It's going to take some extra effort on your part. But I think when you're able to really start diversifying your income streams and just manifesting wealth through pursuing your passions, I don't think there's anything better than that. And so, Valerie is clearly pursuing her passion of educating people and helping them with their finances, and she's also creating an income stream that I am certain will become her full-time gig because she's super passionate about what she's doing, and you can tell when she talks about how impactful the work she's doing and how much satisfaction she gets out of helping her clients. So if you're loving these episodes, if you're loving this podcast, as a reminder, please make sure to share, subscribe, rate, and review so that people like you can find us. Make sure you follow us on social media at Yo Quiero Dinero Podcast. We're on Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, TikTok, and you can definitely check out our blog too at YoQuieroDineroPodcast.com. We have the show notes for every episode on the blog, as well as personal finance articles to help you get your money right. So until next time, guys, stay inspired, stay entrepreneurial, stay curious, and stay poderosa. yo quiero